Welcome to a new episode of the Cigar Snob Podcast. We are all back in the office after a bit of travel over the last couple of weeks. I am Nick Jimenez, the magazine's senior editor. I'm joined by Eric Calvino. Buenas tardes. And I have an Ocampo. Hello. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't expecting the Spanish intro there. Yeah, you know, I try to mix it up. All right, so we will be talking about uh, what has us all a little bit tired today, which is <laughs> the uh, Super Bowl. But first, we're going to get a little uh, message from our first sponsor of the Cigar Snob podcast, and that is Villiger. Villiger Cigars, celebrating 130 years in tobacco, unveils its first ever full-bodied premium handmade cigar in the Villiger La Vencedora. The Villiger La Vencedora is the follow-up cigar to the highly acclaimed Villiger La Flor de Inclán and Villiger Sandoro Colorado. This Nicaraguan puro, wrapped in a beautiful Nicaraguan Habano puro wrapper, boasts a potent full-bodied smoking experience featuring highly seasoned, hearty flavors. The Villiger La Vencedora, which translates to the victor, emits a billowing aromatic smoke throughout the smoking experience. The Villiger La Vencedora, a palate-pleasing, full-bodied, yet elegant cigar that will satisfy the cigar connoisseur as well as the casual smoker. All right, so now that we're going to keep the lights on, we can talk Super Bowl in what we previously discussed as history's most patriotic football game, the Philadelphia Eagles beat, spoiler alert, beat the New England Patriots. What was the score? I'm blanking now. Oh, God. It was a lot to a lot. Yeah. A lot to even more. Yeah. Um, So it was, uh, I think at least some of us, or two of us maybe, earlier were talking about how we thought that this was... 41-33. 41-33. That took a while. The... We're talking about how we thought this was probably one of the more uh, exciting, action-packed Super Bowls in recent memory. No doubt. And, and enjoyable since the Patriots lost. Very true. Very true. It was uh, it was a fun game to watch. I, really a, a good time, right? All the scoring. It seemed like no one could play defense till the end of the game, right? Halfway through, you're thinking, whoever can stop the other team is going to win this. And it uh, really worked out that way. And there were a lot of momentum swings, which is what keeps it interesting if you don't have a dog in the fight, right? Sure. Otherwise, you're at the edge of your seat regardless. But it looked for a chunk of that game like New England was going to pull off yet another. I think every for the ages. No doubt. And Chris Collinsworth, uh, if you listen to him, I think New England won, according to Chris Collinsworth. I think every... uh, It hadn't even occurred to me until I was watching the game, and maybe he was the one who brought it up. Uh, Every Brady Super Bowl win has been in a comeback. Has it really? I think all five have been. I think on, I had tuned them out by then. <laughs> I think all five have been on game-winning drives. Wow! Nah, listen, he's a he's a freaking stud. He's a beast. Uh, he just that you gotta re- you really do have to compliment the guy. He's been outstanding. Uh, it has hurt me as a Dolphins fan, but uh, but he's been awesome. Let's I'm be a honest. Brady hater. Too bad, so sad, Tom. <laughs> Too bad, so sad. Well, you got but enough, listen, you Ivan's have Super Bowls and a hot wife. You, yeah. you got enough, buddy. Yeah. Well, Ivan, uh, you know the famous uh, tuck rule. You know they tried to pull that off again last night, but this time it was a fumble. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. 
The hate is strong. The hate is oh real. Oh, my God. I'm wearing all green today. I don't even like the Geagles. <laughs> the Geagles. The Geagles. The Philadelphia Geagles. <laughs> you heard it here first. The new name is the Philadelphia Geagles. Before we keep on talking about the Super Bowl, uh, this is a cigar podcast, and so, of course, we've got to talk about what we're smoking. Uh, the featured cigar for this episode, meaning what we're smoking, is the Hoya de Nicaragua Antaño Gran Reserva. Uh, cigar info on this one. I'm going to read straight from the copy on uh, on their website. This is uh, this is how they describe the cigar. The Antaño Gran Reserva uses the richest and oiliest wrapper leaves of Nicaragua. Additionally, we have aged its fillers for up to five years, resulting in a refined and matured version of its legendary predecessor. So I'm not sure how much of the filler is aged five years, but some of it in there is up to five years, uh, which is a good amount of time, and it, you, you do taste it. You taste that this is well-aged tobacco. No doubt. Um, the blend in this cigar, it's uh, it's got a Nicaraguan Corojo Oscuro wrapper, which you should not confuse with the wrapper on the Antaño. So remember, this is Antaño, the original Antaño yes. Gran Reserva. Which the was strong as hell from what I remember. Strong as balls. Right? Oh yeah, that yeah. was the ad. Strong that was the ad. Balls. Strong as balls, and it was true to oh, ad- it was truth in advertising. No, I, I forgot about the ad, but I remember kicking my balls <laughs> <laughs> a while ago. No, yeah, this is a lot smoother. This is we great. should add that to our to our flavor wheel, like how how strong of a kick in your nuts, kicking the balls, yeah. strong. So uh, so anyway, the the original Antaño was a Nicaraguan Alano Criollo. Uh, it's got a Nicaraguan binder and fillers from three different Nicaraguan regions. Comes in three sizes: Robusto Grande, which is five and a half by fifty-two box pressed; Gran Consul, four and three quarters by sixty; and Belicoso, which is what we are smoking right now, which is the five by fifty-four. So, Ivan, I know we got your thoughts on uh, how hard of a kick in the balls this is. Uh, Eric, what are your thoughts on the cigar? So, well, you remember the uh, the old Antaño? You know, people people think. Uh... When a cigar has a dark wrapper, they're always like, it's ominous, dark wrapper, it's going to be strong. And that's usually, or not, that's not always the case, right? But when you see that wrapper on the old one, it looked like trouble, right? right? I mean, it was a delicious cigar, but if you like strong cigars, I still like the uh, the regular Antaño. But you have to be ready for it. And that wrapper on it, that like brindled uh, Corojo uh, or I should say Criollo wrapper that was just like, it looked like trouble. Anyway, but this particular cigar is much more smooth, not as menacing. There's absolutely no bite in terms of, uh, you know, back of the throat or anything of that nature. There's tons of chocolate, coffee. I, I enjoy it. I yeah. enjoy it. I like this. It's strong, but not not an ass kicker. Right, right. Yeah, and I, I definitely feel feel the chocolate and, and the coffee. And, and it's got a little bit of that, like, bitterness. You know, sometimes the chocolate in sure, it like is... Sure, yeah, like a bittersweet chocolate. Yeah, it's it's not quite desserty in the some in the way that some coffee and chocolate-heavy uh, cigars are. I love it, man. And uh, the pepper is toned down. Now, uh, by the way, I picked the cigar because we didn't, we didn't talk about this. So the reason I picked this cigar as the featured cigar was because Daniel was here today, the their brand ambassador for the U.S., and... Hoya Nicaragua is celebrating their 50-year anniversary this year. And so we were talking so much about it that uh, I felt like smoking it. So that's why. So how are you liking it, Ivan? I like it. It's not too peppery, like you said. Uh, again, from my memories of the ball <laughs> the ball pain that I had, <laughs> uh, I was expecting something a lot more peppery, but this is very smooth. So I'm enjoying it. If you remember, we smoked this during the photo shoot. In Mukul, in Nicaragua. In that so, Mukul yeah, Resort. And that was a great time. So, 
Yeah, no, I like it. All right, cool. So we will uh, we'll revisit the cigar in a bit. But uh, any standout plays? I know this wasn't in our show notes, but are there any plays? Just because I feel like we didn't talk too much about the game itself. Are there plays that jump out at your mind that were sort of... What are some of the, the moments in the game that you feel like you'll still be... You'll remember Miss for a fe- while? Missed field goals cost me a lot of Super Bowl square cash. Yeah, I, th- I think this game was a at least Super Bowl, if not postseason record for most missed uh, field goals and extra point opportunities, uh, two-point conversion opportunities total. It's, it's like crazy. two, one of each on each side, so four. Yep, and the, uh, the Brady drop... The alligator arms, Brady. Brady drop, and then and then the then Nick Foles, yeah, and then Philly. All right, let's let's Let let's show you, how to, you how to do it, and then here comes Foles on fourth and one. I, that was uh, ballsy. Yeah, I don't know whether this was just a a slick Photoshop job, but I did see somebody sharing a screen grab from Twitter thanking Brady for promoting their brand from Butterfinger, um, <laughs> which. Which is a pretty solid move if that's what they actually did. Pretty pretty good uh, timely marketing there. Um, the image that's going to be burned into my brain is the slow mo look on Brady's face as uh, as that ball is poked out of his hand in the, in that last drive. Yeah, um, that was clutch. That was a clutch awesome. moment. Tremendous. Yeah, and and only sack of the game. I mean, you couldn't have a more pivotal sack in that game. So um, Super Bowl ads. Are there any wait, wait, wait! One more Sorry. play. What oh, about what okay, about sure. the uh, the attempted hurdle, which ended up being a uh, a nuts in the face <laughs> situation? There's or, a lot of or nut WWF impact. wrestling yes. move. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of nut contact in this episode of the Cigar Snow Podcast. The ball, the ball, the ball episode. episode. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that was a it, it was a highlight rich game. Yeah, and sure. then Gronkowski first half, no totally completions, absent. and then. Yeah. And then he just, it was unstoppable. Mm -hmm. Unstoppable, my God. It was exciting. It was a great game. Yeah. Uh, So, standout ads. Ivan, any uh, any Super Bowl commercials? This Super Bowl in particular, I think it was a little lighter. First, because so much of the ads, of the ad space was occupied by Winter Olympics promos. Uh, There was a lot of that. So it was at least once a commercial break. I want to, I didn't count count them, but I would guess that at least 10% of the ads were You think that high? I think so. I think I, I saw them. No, I mean, that I saw often. a ton, but yeah, sounds I, like a lot. I have to confess, I was eating a lot of shit during the game. So I was outside smoking cigars, man in a grill, doing Super Bowl uh, bets on the side. But uh, from what I remember, I love the Danny McBride uh, Australia commercial. Yeah, you know, I really thought he was going to be Crocodile Dundee, <laughs> yeah, and I was, was super excited. <laughs> I was disappointed you, when I found, you fool. I found out what was going on. Yeah, that was good. That was memorable. Absolutely, Eric. Any uh, any standout commercials there? Uh, for me, the I don't think anything topped the Giants' uh, "Dirty Dancing," Odell Beckham with uh, Eli Manning. I thought that was classic. That was a classic. I, but the problem is, I don't know exactly what it was for. But it, it was long and it was funny. I think it was NFL I Channel. It, I think it might have. It? Yeah, it was some NFL brand thing. Yeah. Uh, and then the, the from a heartwarming uh, side, but not tearjerker. Like I don't like those tearjerker ads but the budweiser water commercial is pretty good uh didn't make me want to buy budweiser any more than i seldom do now but i thought it was cool i i, uh, I appreciated was there a dilly dilly i didn't i didn't know no was they had the uh, no they had the bud night or something like that so it was a it was literally a night right. uh, but they didn't drop it they didn't drop any dilly dilly action oh no. okay i thought they'd follow that uh, I mean, unless i missed now. it unless i completely missed it which was possible because I was also grilling. I'm going to confess that I'm completely lost here. 
I have no idea what. Oh, Dilly the Dilly the is. Bud the Bud. I think it's Bud Light, yeah, right? It's Dilly Bud Light. Dilly yeah. commercial. Yeah. yeah, you gotta look it up. Yeah, okay, I have to look. Well, so there you go. There's your homework, listeners. Is look up Dilly Dilly if you're as lost as I am. Oh, they've made T-shirts out of it and everything. Yeah, but the uh, the the water thing was cool, and I remember there there was some uh, there was some marketing about around that whole thing uh, around the time of the uh, the hurricane hitting Houston. Yep. Matt Damon was selling water too, right? Matt, well, he wasn't selling water. He was, but <laughs> Again, I see this through a sliding glass door. I see Matt Damon holding up water. I'm like, look at this. He's selling water. And a water. Stella glass, yes. <laughs> or chalice. Yeah, so the, the deal with that, just for the sake of not maligning Matt Damon on the podcast, uh, was, was a Stella Artois is, is selling chalices, and then I think it's like a portion of the proceeds or for every chalice you buy, some kind of money goes to water.org. Yeah. Which I don't know much about. I, I'm assuming it's something like charity water. Uh, yeah, listen, it, it worked on me. I'm, I'm after this podcast. I am logging onto water.org and buying one of the chalices so that someone uh, can have clean water. Sure. Uh, what about you? Would you like Nick? The 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 one that again is burned into my brain. Uh, yeah, a lot of burning going on in your brain. A lot of burning, buddy. a lot of burning in my brain, and and it was um, Danny DeVito uh, as mm. an Eminem. Yes. Danny DeVito asking people if they want to eat him is – it's comedy gold. Did, uh, did, uh, so how much did uh, It's Always Sunny uh, factor into your view of Danny DeVito? Uh, not that heavily. No? Not that no. heavily. Well, I guess – you know. I guess those are my freshest memories because it's, yeah. it's the recent stuff. But, but I'd seen plenty of Danny DeVito. It's Always Sunny though, I, I think – does come to mind with this ad because it's always sunny. Really, it did for me. It really plays on like the most disgusting side. Of exactly. His, of That's exactly why I, it, it happened to me. Like as I'm watching it, I'm thinking it's always sunny. I asked at least 10 people at this party I was at to see how many people had, had watched Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Not a single person. No kidding. And there was like 20, 25 people there. Nobody. He was like, oh yeah, I've heard of it. I hadn't had a chance. Miami, and I'm like, Miami Cubans. I'm like, oh. You were man, surrounded by Miami yeah. Cubans so perfect it is good that it's a highly underrated yes highly underrated show and i also loved the um uh sorry not loved i i also was struck by the ad for heroes arena which you didn't even remember no i didn't it was crazy to me that there was an ad during the super bowl for a cell phone game so like go download this game and it looked kind of like World of Warcraft ish. I wonder. I wonder if that was an. I mean, it has to be a national spot, right? Because you know, there's also local spots in there. You'd think so, but, but there's nothing local about that. I no, mean, of course, of course. But yeah. just from a from a cost standpoint. Although the, the the money that those that those software companies make now with those games, because it's like you know, parents are buying phones for their kids, and the phones are automatically hooked up to some credit card, so the kids you know want to buy some sword or whatever crap on the game, or, or even the ads that they run. During or the, the ads that they run, yeah, yeah. So the more, you know, sign of the times, cell phone game ads during the Super Bowl, uh, and it's probably going to be one of the most profitable, probably biggest right. return on investment from all the Super Bowl ads. So uh, before we move on to a discussion of Puro Sabor, which was the Nicaraguan Cigar Festival, we're going to give a shout out to another show, show sponsor, sorry, to another show sponsor, which is El Galang Cigars. You have heard references to El Galang if you listened to the last episode of the podcast, which was an interview with Carlito Fuente. El Galang is the uh, the brand owned by Felix Mesa, who is now going to be in charge of the uh, upcoming Nicaraguan factory for Arturo Fuente. Felix's brand, El Galang, in their portfolio is the El Galang Reserva Especial, 
which comes in four sizes. They're all box pressed, Airosos, the 5x52, the 5 and 3 quarters by 54 Apuestos, the 6x52 Torpedo, which is the Gallardos, and the 6x60 Obeso. Obesos. Obesos, sorry. Yeah, multiple, They're all plurals. Multiple obese people. Um, <laughs> and uh, these are all Nicaraguan puros wrapped with a Jalapa Oscura wrapper, uh, available all over the place. This is one of the cigars that we that we enjoy we a good amount here. We really do. Uh, they were in our in our top 25 a couple years ago, uh, checking in at number 18, the El Galán Reserva Especial. We love it, man. It's, uh, again... Uh, just a really well-made cigar, extremely consistent. The flavors are always, always on point in terms of chocolate, soft pepper, touch of earth, and uh, and I, I like this. It has like a roasted nut sort of uh, aroma on the finish that I love. So that's a cigar that whenever we have it in the office, well, if you go through our humidor, you'll you'll be hard pressed to find it because it's always smoked. Right. right. It's not one of those cigars that sits around in our humidor. We have a bunch of them because for for any reason, <laughs> we uh, will always fire up one of those. So, well, at, And a lot of guests at the office see those and because you know, he, he's been picking up a lot of steam and he's been making waves in the industry. So even a lot of industry people come around the office and, and ask, hey, for let me try one. that Galang thing. Yep. Uh, and that's been going on for a while. And then, you know, even though he's going to be running the La Bella y la Bestia uh, Fuente factory in Nicaragua, He's uh, the brand is still going to continue. El Galán and uh, and this in particular this uh, cigar is going to continue. So look out for that. That's a a great smoke, underrated smoke. Not a lot of people know about it. It works every time, man. I love it. How about you, Ivan? What do you think about it? You can smoke a few of them. It's not something that you'll smoke one and then you know be too much. I, I think it's a great yeah, it's a great smoke that you can repeat. Absolutely. So um, yeah, if you want to learn a bit, little bit more about Felix, you want to listen to maybe like the from about the halfway point of episode 11, and you can learn some more about him and his relationship with Carlito Fuente. You can follow El Galang Cigars on Twitter and Instagram. On both, his handle is uh, El Galang Cigars. So that's E-L-G-A-L-A-N Cigars, in case people don't know how to spell El Galang. And their website is the same, .com. So El Galang Cigars .com. All right, so next up, we're going to be talking Puro Sabor, which is the Nicaraguan cigar festival that happens every year. Um, I have actually never been to Puro Sabor. Eric, you were there this year. Ivan, you were there the previous year. What are just your kind of general thoughts on, on that festival, on, uh, what the experience is like of going there, especially sort of putting yourselves in the shoes of a smoker rather than somebody who's in the industry? Well, uh, so it's a festival that has definitely improved uh, year after year. And that's, that's important because the start was extremely rough. Right, it was one of those nightmarish experiences uh, for the first. <laughs> it was, it was nightmarish in the first yeah. couple of uh, festivals. I'm talking about, you know, people getting lost uh, during the transport from one bus to the other. They had people switching buses and their bags, and it was a disaster. Uh, but it is now cruising along, and the organization is much better. Uh, the events that they have for you are are, are great. The tours, so. I think I think it's a good event for a smoker to go to, especially if they're a fan of Nicaraguan cigars. There's no way, no matter how many times I explain to you what it's like to visit a factory and to see the whole process of the from seedling all the way to cigar, there's nothing that can replace actually seeing it. And this is one easy way to do it, right? You can visit some of the best cigar factories in the world in this tour. So, so I, I highly recommend Puro Sabor as well as 
Pro Cigar in the Dominican, which is the exact equivalent. This year, one interesting thing is we actually uh, handed out a plaque to Placencia Cigars for the Placencia Alma Fuerte Cigar of the Year. Right. This is the first time that we've done a physical here-you-go sort of prize. And it was a perfect moment for it during the gala. That was the only night I was able to go. And uh, I loved it, obviously, right? I mean, I got to speak on stage and present the Placencias with with this... Uh, this award that they were so... Fr- I, I remember Gustavo's words as as he walks up to the stage. He goes... Dilly dilly. He did not say dilly dilly. <laughs> <laughs> he, 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 he said in Spanish, he said, Ya era hora, like it's about damn time. Uh, and what he meant by that is, you know, after all these years of making cigars, they'd never gotten any sort of award. Right. And and that cigar obviously blew our socks off. So well-deserved uh, number one. And, and congrats to them again. I think they uh, they stole the show there with that. Yeah. So and and to be clear, you know the the Yaeraora, it's not necessarily that they had been overlooked. It's that they're they have this long history in cigars, and this was really the first time that they had gone full bore, putting their name behind a super premium exactly. product. They had been making great cigars for other people, uh, but it was sort of almost like a it's about time for themselves. Like mm-hmm. it's about time we made this move. Yep. You know? Yep. Um, Eric, so you were there, not this one, but the Ivan. one before. My Sorry, name's Ivan. Ivan. Yes. Hi, nice, nice to, meet to meet you. Hey, how's it going? <clears throat> so you were there, not this year, but the one before, right? Yeah. How was that? Again, because I've never been, in, and you were there for the the full festival. Sure. I mean, and you had you, you've never no, been to if nobody's Estelina? ever been. I mean, it's it's a uh, it's a four or five day schedule jam packed with uh, cigar tours uh, and field factory visits, uh, and the evenings are filled with dinners and parties. Yeah. Uh, culminated with uh, last day, which is the gala event where everybody dresses to the hilt, uh, smokes great cigars, and then that's where the number one cigar presentation was that you were talking about. Correct. Correct. So, uh, for, so- for somebody who's never been. Uh, it's an awesome experience to go to, uh, especially if you're a little adventurous, you know, if you're only used to, you know, traveling to, you know, uh, just regular vacations. Yeah. (laughs) That are all set up very simple where you get off, you get off the plane, hop in a car, go straight to your hotel, and then you eat at the Applebee's across the street. This is a bit of an adventure and eye opener when you go there. It's, as you said, much better organized nowadays, uh, but it's it's an excellent time. So and you yeah, and you but walk it's, out it's of there with a lot of awesome cigars. Yeah, but but, but to your point, it is uh, it is Nicaragua. It is Esteli, which is not you know if you're in Managua, Managua is a big a big city. Esteli is a, is a tiny town. Yeah, uh, but in that town, it's all tobacco. So it's uh, it's pretty interesting to see an entire small town that just lives off of tobacco, or for the most part, tobacco. Uh, it's pretty neat. Right, right. Um, so we we did speak earlier off outside of the studios. First time we're trying this. So uh, with Yamilet, who is Eric's sister and who is also full-time with uh, with the magazine. She is our, uh, she wears a lot of hats around here. Yep. She, warehouse uh, manager. She's the, <laughs> we like to joke that she's the warehouse manager. She uh, does a lot of the administrative stuff, and also, I think we're all a little bit jealous of this role. She's sort of like our designated party animal. Yes, uh, she is also the star of our unboxing videos. That's yes. right. Yes. So if you if we have you a watch, new one coming up, yeah, if you watch the unboxing videos on uh, on Facebook and and social media, you'll you'll recognize Yami. 
but Yami was there, and here's what she had to say about the Puro Sabor Festival. Alrighty, so Puro Sabor is a festival where you get to visit not only the cigar factories, the fields, but you get to um, get to know the people, you get to enjoy the food, and visit a lot of different places, because every year we get to visit new places. Like this year we visited Rancho Santana, which is a very cool place. Um, and we start in Granada also, so it's another place that you get to see, that you get to enjoy. Favorite, favorite. I had a lot of favorite times, I guess, but my favorite one is the last dinner. Because everybody gets together, everybody dressed up. When you see everybody all sweaty and hanging out at the cigar factories, at the fields. But then that night, everybody dresses up. You get to party with your friends. It's kind of like a goodbye until next time. They're a little less sweaty. Yeah, a little bit until we start dancing. But, um, and then this year we had the opportunity to get up and give the number one cigar of the year to the Placencia family, which was very nice. It was an honor. Um, and I think they really appreciate that, too. So that was my favorite night. Cool. Um, what were... Uh, so part of it is the, the factory tours and the farm tours. What were some of the, what were some of the tours that you did this year? And, and even some even from other years, because those, those tours don't change a ton. So what are some of the tours that over the years stand out the most or, uh, or that were the most different for whatever reason? Well, this year in Granada, usually you get to visit the Mombacho Cigar Factory, which is a beautiful building, colonial, um, small little factory, but you get to appreciate it very much. Um, this year I really enjoyed a lot because I had Padron, well, first of all, no, I had Oliva first, the first day. Then I had Padron, then Hoya de Nicaragua. That was the second day. The third day was Placencia, which I had never been to and I really enjoyed. And I got to visit Drew State after lunch, which I had never been to either, and I really enjoyed it. But I think I enjoy all of them. Um, they're all the same kind of thing, but they all change it up a little bit, and they make us do different things, like, example, Hoya had us blend our own cigar, which is really cool. And at the end, we get to take a five-pack of the cigar we blended. Um, some give us some cool stuff, like Oliva. Mm. They uh, give us a really nice... They treated us very well. They give us a beautiful gift. Um, a, uh, the press, it's a wooden box uh-huh. with our names engraved, with the Oliva engraved, and uh, cigars inside of it. So it was really pretty. Um I think all of it is just a matter of going out there and enjoying yourself and, and getting to see what how hard it is to have a cigar, you know, from when you plant it to, you know, the seeds, from everything, till you have the actual cigar, you know, how they make it. I think it's just, it's an experience of its own. All right. And then, Eric, as soon as you uh, got out of Puro Sabor... You had a chance to get yourself a little bit of a nap in Miami before joining me at the airport to head to the Dominican for Viaje al Origen, which unfortunately is not really something that's usually open to uh, to the average smoker. Consumers, yeah. Right, yeah. So, so this is a trip that Davidoff organizes for retailers, especially ones that have that are Davidoff, sorry, Davidoff appointed merchants, right. um, as well as people who have Davidoff lounges and stuff like that. Uh, and in this particular case, they invited some cigar media. So uh, we we were there, but it, I imagine, looks a lot like what they might do 
for other consumer-facing tours. It's a lot like the one they do for Pro Cigar. Right. Except it was stretched out over days, so we had much more time to to learn. Which is great, because Pro Cigar can feel a little exhausting. Yes. Uh, It's worth doing, but... It is a bit of a marathon. Yeah, all all the festivals are all sort of like that, right? Because yeah. you're just they're trying to pack in as much as they can, and so yeah, you do tend to get a little exhausted. Whereas in this case, we had plenty of time in between uh, to just hang out and enjoy a cigar if you want to, have a drink, whatever, and then go back into the program. So that was cool. So it was uh, basically three full days of tours, and it was split more or less evenly with uh, day one focusing on the farming aspect. Day two on uh, fermentation. Curing we, and fermentation. Well, yeah. we went into curing, but I think we went into curing on day two because we had kind of run a little long on day one. Uh, yeah, and the rain had prevented us from getting Right, there. right. Uh, and then day three was uh, the manufacturing process with a lot of pairings and, and tasting seminars and stuff like that kind of peppered in. Along the way, yeah. Yeah, so it was it was a really cool process, and it was the first time that I had ever done that uh, Henke Kellner style tasting uh, seminar. tasting, yeah. Which was very interesting. If if you've uh, if you've never experienced that, I would make sure that you're, I guess, probably following Davidoff in social media is the best, and maybe signing up for their emails to see if they do that in your town. Because they, they do, yeah, and they yeah. do. They'll bring they'll they'll get Henke out of uh, out of Santiago every now and then and have him do it. But also, uh, Klaus Peter, right, his son, uh, who we will have a, an episode That's right. of very soon. So he does the tastings nowadays and, and does the same sort of zone tasting uh, with your palate and where on the where on your tongue uh, the, each tobacco is stimulating which areas is very very cool uh, very scientific way of looking at cigars which right. I truly enjoyed. One tidbit though, you mentioned that it was three days of touring. It's actually I think like a full seven day uh, viaje, the viaje al origen. Correct. But we just skipped out after three days, but they went on to Casa de Campo and did all sorts of vacationing and golfing exactly. and fishing and Which is catamaraning. Very nice. It's very nice. It, and, and and you get a similar experience with Pro Cigar. Is it before or afterward that they do the heading out to uh, Casa de Campo? So it's before. Wherever? It's right. Okay. It, like a day before Pro Cigar, there'll be a, a day in Casa de Campo where you can, uh, you can play golf at Teeth of the Dog or any one of those, the Die 4, one of those courses. And then, uh, and the following day, they visit Tabacalera de Garcia, which is Altidus's factory, and then drive all the way up to Santiago to sort of join the rest of the group. Yeah. So, so we were there with, uh, like we said, a bunch of, uh, of, of retailers. It was a blast. Uh, some, some of the online people, uh, and then some cigar media who we, I think it's very rare that we get to just kind of hang out. Uh, with some of those guys for as long as we did and for and as casually as we did this time. So that was kind of cool. We uh, spent some time with the the uh, Cigar Coop guys, the Dojo guys, the, uh, let me say... Blind cigar, Man's Puff. Cigar Dojo, just to not shortchange them. It's just so easy to say Dojo. Yep. Uh, but uh, yeah, Blind Man's Puff guys were there. Uh, so that was cool. Um, it, it was it was fun to, to hang out with some of those guys uh, outside the context of like a rushed trade show or cigar for event sure. everybody's kind of going nuts. Yeah, yeah. At the trade show, you, you never have a moment to, to chat. And at the festivals, you also don't. But here, uh, we did. We had plenty of time in between. We were able to hang out. Uh, the crew, the Davidoff crew that was there too, though, we want to, I'd like to shout out to those guys because, uh, you know, Lana, Jeff Stone, uh, Alberto, uh, Rich, there was the whole crew that was there was awesome. Yeah, and uh, at and the, made everything easy. By the way, and then there was uh, Christian. This is a a new team member yes, for new. for Davidoff. 
I thought it was kind of fun to see that play out because she had just started at Davidoff on their marketing team, I believe, the day before, and this was the first time she'd smoked cigars, period. Ever. Uh, <laughs> and she was she she took it like a champ. She did, and that she was, walked she, right she, into she went like through the, the zone tasting, tasting thing. Yeah. She she was she was all about it. She yeah. was like super was cool. into it. She was a trooper. Yeah, I, I know the first time that I smoked, I did not take it that well. That was, my <laughs> first cigar stories are involve a lot more puke <laughs> than, than hers did. So right, wait. <laughs> well, yeah, at least at least then. Ivan, but wait a second. Uh, you were not on this trip, but you are a fan of Davidoff. You have a Davidoff uh, a recommendation letter on your desk. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, so tell me something about that. So how do you feel about Davidoff as the as a profile, right? Because they have a very unique flavor profile. And uh, are you a fan of it? Do you, what do you? Yeah, like? what well, can be prefer? said? Whenever whenever I'm looking for something that isn't again heading giving a little more shout out to the kick in the balls. When I want something that's a little more subtle yet refined, uh, how could you go wrong with a Davidoff product? So. I enjoy it. Uh, you didn't take me on the trip, so I'm still a little pissed off about that. <laughs> I would have enjoyed a little golf at Casa de Campo. Uh, Listen, I didn't do okay. it either. Neither yeah. did Nick. We, we took okay. off. But I still have my Davidoff Award here yes, for being did. a recognized uh, member of the media, I oh. guess. In, in case there are any Davidoff <laughs> people listening, uh, they'll be glad to know that the only two things in frames on Ivan's desk are his daughter and this letter from Davidoff. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, very, very high, uh, high praise here. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, we'll, we'll leave that out of the podcast. Uh, so let's, uh, let's come back to this episode's cigar again. Uh, we are smoking Hoya de Nicaragua Antaño Gran Reserva in Belicoso. We are, what would you say? I, I've, I've ashed close to halfway through. Man, your ash was cruising along beautifully. Yeah, I just didn't want to wear it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm literally, I'm exactly halfway. So it, it, it's been consistent for me. I, I'd sure. say that if if anything has changed, it's that maybe the what lingers is, for me, some of the chocolate. And so that's become a little more prominent, whereas the coffee is more or less where it's been the whole time. Uh, but, but that sweetness has sort of picked up a tad. Sure. and uh, But for me, I think that the sweetness is now sort of morphed into like a sweet pepper. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I get I get some some peppery flavor, not any harsh pepper. It's a soft pepper flavor uh, on the palate. So I'm enjoying it. It's again still consistent, still cruising along, but uh, that slight change for me. Uh, and again, we are smoking the Bellicoso. So uh, e- you know each vitola uh, kind of follows its own path, right? Right. And so uh, that's how this one is going for me. Yeah, and it's interesting that they. Uh that of the three, just the one is box pressed, and then the Gran Consul is a four and three quarters by sixty. Yeah. Then this one's a uh, got the um, tapered head. yeah the the tapered head. Um, so kind of some interesting choices here with the with the vitolas. Um, and honestly, I don't remember vividly enough. I'm sure I've had them, but I don't remember the other sizes vividly enough. But you have so to. So you think definitely that, smoked the uh, box pressed. Right, but you, you, it's it's interesting because it's one of those cigars where it's three, as far apart as the different Vitola can put mm-hmm. them, three very different experiences. 
Those small yeah, I think the only missing thing there is if they would have thrown a Corona at us, there which, I, which I would have loved. Yeah. I'm a fan of the thinner ring gauges. So uh, before we get into our parting recommendations, veteran listeners of the podcast know that we uh, end every episode with some recommendations for things that you might want to check out. We are going to hear from our sponsor, Villager Cigars. Villager Cigars, celebrating 130 years in tobacco, unveils its first ever full-bodied premium handmade cigar in the Villager La Vencedora. The Villager La Vencedora is the follow-up cigar to the highly acclaimed Villager La Flor de Inclán and Villager Sandoro Colorado. This Nicaraguan puro, wrapped in a beautiful Nicaraguan Habano Curo wrapper, boasts a potent full-bodied smoking experience featuring highly seasoned, hearty flavors. The Villager La Vencedora, which translates to the victor, emits a billowing aromatic smoke throughout the smoking experience. The Villager La Vencedora, a palate-pleasing, full-bodied, yet elegant cigar that will satisfy the cigar connoisseur as well as the casual smoker. All right, and we're back with our parting recommendations for this episode. As with every other episode, we just like to recommend things that you should watch, listen to, smoke, do, eat, drink. Ivan, what do you got? Drink. <laughs> so I had some, uh, had an interesting beer at the Super Bowl, Super Bowl party I was at. I had a chocolate peanut butter porter called Sweet Baby Jesus by Duclaw Brewing. I think they're out of uh, Maryland. It's black as hell, <laughs> but it tastes wonderful. You yeah. Tr- check it out. Yeah. Pretty That's, good. That sounds like it's right up my alley. Yeah. Oh, Barbie likes those. Barbie, type of Bar- yeah, yeah, my wife would be all over that. How chocolatey, peanut buttery was it? Not enough to turn you off to it. So it was good. Well, I mean, maybe maybe a lot is what you're into. I don't know. I like chocolate yeah, and peanut yeah, butter. So. Yeah, it, it wasn't a YooHoo or anything like that. You're still drinking beer. <laughs> what? Now anything with chocolate and yeah, liquid is a YooHoo? Nick's, Nick's a YooHoo guy. <laughs> this will be a game. We will see how many times we can work YooHoo references into the podcast. Eric, what are you recommending people do? Man, uh, so I am always recommending books. So I'm going to lay off the books for a bit, even though I'm reading another one. Uh, Peaky Blinders. I'm re- I'm watching that on uh, on Netflix. I know that I'm late to that party, as I usually am, but I'm enjoying it. I'm on season two. What's it about? Uh, it's like a uh, an illegal gaming uh, gang sort Ooh, of. I'm in. Yeah, I love that. In uh, in like Birmingham, England. Uh, Really fun. I mean, the shit that goes on and the family dynamic and, and the cops, that's yeah, a good time. So it's good uh, for me to, like, I, I like to watch or read or listen to something that will take my mind off of work uh, when I get home. So I'm really enjoying that. Peaky Blinders on Netflix. Oh, by the way, that was recommended originally to me by Manny Riarte, which, ah. so Manny is not a native English speaker. And when you listen to these guys with these thick English accents, I can't help but think, how does Manny understand these guys? So Subtitles. Yeah, then he I, told I, me. I like watching them with subtitles. Then he told me that he watches them with subtitles. But there, there would be no other way because these guys have a very thick Irish accent. Uh, so so speaking of rec- – sorry to cut you off no, here, Nick. No, uh, no, no, go speaking ahead. of recommendations, I did go out and see the movie you recommended in our last podcast, The Shape of Water. Oh, okay, yeah. How was it? What'd you think? Excellent movie, but you should have told me that this woman has sex with a sea monster. Well, that's kind of, that would be a tremendous spoiler. 
I didn't know that going in, and it really. Wait a minute! Like, wait a minute! Wait! 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 Shit! No, I'm kidding. <laughs> should, should I insert spoiler alert into the episode there? Uh, super funky, buddy. But yeah, it yeah, is. it was a good recommendation. Yeah, if you are into uh, <laughs> sex, monster, sex, 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 monster sex, if you <laughs> if you if you love fish sticks, <laughs> you'll be a huge fan of this movie. Um, all right, so along the lines of weird movies. Hit you. You gotta tear me apart, Lisa. Oh boy. My recommendation is The Room, which is the movie on which <laughs> I know, I know, you guys are shaking your heads. The movie that is out now in theaters is uh the disaster artist James Franco does this movie about Tommy Wiseau and his making of The Room, which is a historically terrible movie. If you're into so bad they're good movies, the room is like the pinnacle of so bad it's so, good. And, you, this. and you are into I yeah no that's so right up his alley but he watched this on the flight down to uh dominican republic i was trying to watch my episode of peaky blinders and i kept seeing this horrible display of movie making uh on my right there without audio so even without i, I the sort audio. of got to see the the room as well even yeah, without the audio yeah, you knew nick's, it was terrible nick's face had a smile ear to ear oh no no he would stop it every now and then make me stop my episode watch this, so that watch i could this. hear what was happening <laughs> it's uh awful it is a lot of fun but because it's so awful it is a lot of fun to watch uh i will say my only mistake was watching it on a plane because inside of the first 25 minutes of the movie, there are three very long, somewhat graphic sex scenes. Yeah, he kept fast forwarding. I was like, what's happening there? I want to see that. Yeah, I just, you know, I feel uncomfortable watching that yeah, on a plane. Um, Don't lie. Yeah, I would have preferred that it be fish sticks. Um, but what are you going to do? Uh, no, but very fun movie. And especially if you're like in a group and you want to, you know, just kind of have something to make fun of. It's. It's a good time. I would say drink enough of Ivan's, uh, what was it, peanut butter porter Duke thing? Claus, yeah, baby Jesus. Yeah, drink enough of that before the movie so that it doesn't even matter. All right. So with that, we are going to part ways with you. Thank you again for listening to the Cigar Snob Podcast. You can find us on cigarsnobmag.com slash podcast. Follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram, Cigar Snob Mag, and also search for Cigar Snob Magazine on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on, we're in new places now, Google Play Music, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Stitcher is a new thing. So if you're a Stitcher person, subscribe to us on Stitcher. You no longer have to come to the website and, and listen to us on the embedded player there. Uh, again, thank you very much, and we'll catch you next time. Later, y'all. Ciao, ciao.